I've been waiting 23 years to say that. <laughs> well, the opening of the last two Broke Geeks, I cut out everything before you said, fuck Fortnite Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just the opening, was just you yelling, fuck Fortnite Batman. <laughs> it's great. Because, yeah, because as we're recording this, I had just posted about that that going up. Mm. <laughs> just, I was trying to find a way. I know this has nothing to do with this podcast, but I was trying really hard to like make like a, a, a like one of those designated YouTube normal like thumbnails that you see like like reaction photo kind of st- stuff mm-hmm. where like they put like a photo of whatever it is and then one of the people that is re- talking about it, like raging in the corner and I was trying to make that like for for like a thumbnail for Instagram and I was ha- I'm like I do not I do not have the technical capabilities to do this. I... I think it could be done with the layout with a layout app. I just don't know exactly off the this is but we whoa, we are way off topic. First <laughs> let me just start and just say this is the FBI's most unwanted. I'm Matt. I'm Justin. And yes, I think what you're talking about could be done with one of the layout apps. I just don't know which one. Anyway, this is um season three. Episode 10, 731 is the title of it. It is directed by Rob Bowman, written by Frank Spotnitz. Uh, and it is a continuation of the last episode. Uh, just a couple fun behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, this episode was uh, the reason that Chris Carter offered Rob Bowman the job of directing the X-Files feature film uh, because he was impressed enough with the way that Bowman directed this episode that he's like, man, you could direct a whole movie, so why don't you direct the the X-Files movie? Um, Let's see. Uh, The scene at the end where X carries... Mulder away from the exploding train car. They actually shot that on a blue screen. They weren't there when the train car actually blew up. <laughs> what? Come on. I know, right? It, but that would have been so much cooler. Cool guys don't look back at explosions. <laughs> um, once again, they used uh, kids as aliens, 25 Mac masked actors mostly children laid over prop bodies for the scene with the mass grave uh and this part i think is pretty neat the producers built train car interiors for the quarantine car and the sleeper cars that are featured in the episode and floated the train sets on inner tubes to create the feeling that the cars were moving 
Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so they weren't shot on an actual train. They were shot on sets that were put on inner tubes to make it look like the train was moving along. That's why they get the bouncing and the rocking and stuff like that, which is pretty fun. I figured it would... I, I assumed it was probably just, like, one of those, like, camera tricks where, mm. like, okay, when we tell you the camera shake, when the camera shakes, that's when you move... <laughs> This particular way. Nope, it's actually closer to that scene in, uh, what is it, Inception with the rotating hallway where they actually built the rotating hallway and they just, yeah, it looked like they were walking on the uh, ceiling and stuff like that, but actually just the whole thing was moving and the camera stood still or something like that, or the camera I mean, moved with it or whatever it was. I'll, yeah, I don't know why I would be so surprised because by that point, like, they've been, they've been coming up with weird, cool ways to, like, kind of make moving rooms for gravity purposes i mean it's not like i'm gonna i'm about to do a visual gag just for you but i think everybody listening will understand when i say it it's not like the starship enterprise is under attack <laughs> <laughs> you, you mean where everyone just shatners it <laughs> where, everybody, where everybody just falls everywhere while the camera yeah. shakes violently <laughs> the starship enterprise is under yeah <laughs> I just rattled my whole computer. Just, like I said, I did a visual gag just for Justin on a freaking audio medium. I yeah, but they can hear like the banging. Of me. That's just, true. Like, they can hear the banging of me rattling my laptop. <laughs> oh my this God. is what we've grown to. I've had a weird day, apparently. Um, <laughs> oh, so yeah, this episode... Um, that's just about all the behind-the-scenes stuff. So it opens with the military uh, in Perky, West Virginia. Perky's a great name for a town. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> um, they arrive at an abandoned leprosy research compound, and they round up a whole bunch of patients, quote-unquote. Um, and we see a dude following them. He's, like, running through the woods and he's you know he's hiding beneath the floor if, when they get there and then he follows them through the woods and uh very very uh well there's no other way to say this very very nazi concentration camp style they line these uh patients who are clearly alien human hybrids up along which are clearly people like the kids in <laughs> in mass like it's the i mean in the mass. again i i mock it but i know it was a product of the times mm -hmm. and like especially for mass production you just need something filmed quick time budget but and man, they, yeah. they needed like 25 of them real yeah, but man it was hokey looking <laughs> and they they gun them down and they all fall into the pit the mass grave and um yeah so then we see the uh, <clears throat> repeat of the uh, end of last episode. Mulder losing his cell phone after jumping on the train, losing contact with Scully. And so X is then like, well, peace out. You, It's too late now. And she's like, <laughs> deuces. <laughs> he goes to leave and she's like, no, we've got to save him. And he's like, he, he does his normal. I can't even remember what he said. X is... The dialogue they write for him, he's really good at talking in circles and not yeah. actually saying a lot. 
she's like, you need to, where is it? And he's like, I don't know. And she's like, you must know. And he's just like, nope, the, even I have my own limits, but he gives her some sort of clue of where to go look. Um, he's like, just, just look at your implant and that'll give you all the answers you need about the train and also about your sister's murder, which he says that and then it doesn't come back to Melissa's murder really at all in this. Yeah, <laughs> it's like such a weird throw throw in thing where I'm, I'm surprised Scully didn't have like like had more to ask about it. Sure. And Melissa ultimately was murdered kind of as it related back obviously to Scully's being taken because she was supposed to be the one that got shot after that, but it didn't really, she didn't mention it at all, but uh. so now we go back into kind of, they part off again because they're apart for most of the episode. Yeah. Um, so real quick, I'll just say Scully goes to see Agent Pendrel, who we met in the last episode, <laughs> and he uh, checks out her chip and basically says, look, this is insane. This is basically replicating the brain's memory functions. It can enable somebody to know what a person is thinking it's basically copying down all your thoughts onto this little thing yeah and she's like all right agent pendrel keep up the good work and he's like you keep it up too and then she leaves and he's like you keep it up too oh my god what a doof because yeah that's that's how you hit on scully because as as the series goes on we find that agent pendrel like me and like Justin also is very much in love with Agent Scully, <laughs> and also back sweats and all, back sweats and all, and also very much like uh, Frohickey. <laughs> <laughs> only Frohickey's much grosser about it. He not only is he grosser, but he's also just way more upfront about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, like part of me wishes I had Frohickey's confidence. <laughs> No kidding, right? He and the wor- the beautiful thing about Frohickey's confidence is being turned down doesn't seem to bother him at all. He just yeah. goes, ah, "Okay." <laughs> he just, he just, what a light! If only you know what I mean. If only we could have that life. To be that, you know, self-confident, self, uh, secure. That's the word I'm yeah, looking for. That's that self security mm-hmm. that you just know. It's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um. <clears throat> so yes. Uh, also, Agent Pendrel f- forgot to say this. He's the one who brings up that the chip was manufactured by Shirozama, who we were talking about in the last episode. Um. And he only had them manufactured at, or he created them rather, at this West Virginia compound in Perky, West Virginia. So, yeah, that's interesting. And we'll catch back up with Scully in a minute because I want to go back to 
Mulder, Mulder gets on the train and he finds the secret rail car at the end is quarantined and protected by this uh, security system. So he goes to the train conductor and he's like, hey, I'm with the FBI. I need to find uh, Dr. Shirozama. Um, <laughs> this conductor, this conductor is, a is a dork. And Mulder's like, you ever used a gun? And he's like, no, no, no. And Mulder... <laughs> takes all the clip it takes the clip out makes sure the chamber's empty he's like if you find him before i do just just point this at him but don't pull the trigger because you don't want to give away it's not loaded well not only that but like he's like talking to him about trying to find shizama and like he's just like oh like (laughs) the conductor's like not it's not even like thrown off his game of the idea of something horrible's about to happen on the train Mm -hmm. like it's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> he, yeah, it's it's weird, especially later, but we're not at that part yet, how under control this conductor seems to be. Yeah. In this like, very this happens bizarre, all the time. <laughs> in this very bizarre circumstance. So we see on the train, uh, Mulder goes to Zama's sleeper cabin. He's not there. Mulder finds... Uh, these journals and he gives them to the conductor and he's like, put these in, in safekeeping. I'm going to want them later and I'm going to go find Zama. And there's a bunch of near misses like Mulder, like leaves a car and Zama walks into it. And then the red haired man finds him and strangles him in a bathroom, which (laughs) I had to call this out too, just because it's, I know it's like so he chokes him with piano wire, mm-hmm. but that he has attached to two uh, like like metal rings. I mean, it's a homemade garrote. Yeah, yeah. And, but he's like walking towards him, <laughs> as like I'm like okay, but you have to get behind him somehow mm-hmm. to like kind of. And those are freaking small, so you either had to like press against him mm-hmm. and then somehow twist to a manner you get behind him yep or that's just gonna fail <laughs> yeah i know <clears throat> um so yeah that's what's going on on the train and meanwhile scully gets to the uh co- the compound and she meets escalante and a bunch of other uh deformed patients they were deformed by uh leprosy um, and they have alluded, they tell Scully, we're, we're hiding from the death squads. They think she's there to kill them. And she's like, death squads, what are you talking about? And they take her out to the, the pits of the dead, um, alien human hybrids. And <clears throat> basically at this point, they, the people left don't know that they're alien human hybrids. They tell Excuse me. They tell Scully they all were experimented on by Zama. They all had leprosy, but they were experimented on, and that's why they look like that. They don't obviously know what's going on. Which, great makeup job for the leprosy guys. Yeah. Like, in comparison to the kids wearing alien masks, like, you can definitely see where the budget was. Mm-hmm. Especially... Uh, but yeah, those are some. That was like a nice touch to like at least for the leprosy guys. Like while well, they have more screen time, obviously. Mm. 
So it made sense, but still, nice job with that. Yeah, they were, you know, zoomed in on and everything. They were right up close. They looked really, really... Uh... And Scully's like, I don't I don't get it. Like, leprosy's uh, a curable thing. Like, why? What's going on? Like, how come you're here? How come you look like this? And he's like, well, we were too far gone when we got here. And the other ones... Uh, they, something was done, like, we don't know, and all we know is that they've been coming and killing these, these guys, they've been rounding them up and leaving them here, and there's pits like this all over the place, there was hundreds of them, so, um, she asks about Zama, and they're like, he, he, you know, he hasn't been here in a long time, and, it's at this point that a bunch of soldiers show up and capture Scully. And so back on the train, uh, Mulder finds Zama dead and he, um, a woman behind him is with her kid is like, <gasps> cause she sees the dead body and Mulder. Yeah. He's just like, oh no no no! Yeah, he's he he's just motion sick. I'm gonna I'm gonna go find a doctor. <laughs> Even though there's a clear like cut wire mark across <laughs> his neck, he's motion sick. It's okay. The man is like has clearly bled out his neck from where the piano wire was across him. <laughs> so, um, Mulder goes back to the the secret rail car, and. <laughs> he notices that it's open. He can actually get inside this time. Someone opened the the security system and he goes in and there's a, a, another room inside the car and it has the alien human hybrid inside. He can see it inside the, the locked room and while he's looking in at this alien human hybrid, the red haired man attacks him and the conductor gets scared and locks them both inside the car. Ha ha. <laughs> sure odd you are. <laughs> I, I guess because I, I don't know. He just he gets scared and he locks them inside and he's like, I can't. He calls himself, he calls himself to a federal agent like mm-hmm. when he pulled because he uses the gun that Mulder gave him. He's just like, federal agent and then freaks out and closes the doors. <laughs> yep. And so Mulder gets the drop on the red haired man and the red haired man is like, look, I work for the NSA and I'm here because there is a bomb on this train car that got turned on as soon as I walked in here using Zama's passcode. And Mulder's like, I don't believe you. And Scully, meanwhile, has been... This is kind of where they come together, even though they're not in the same room. Scully has been delivered by the military to the first elder. Uh, who you will remember as being the smoking man's boss. Yeah. And the first elder has taken her to a train car, very much like the one Mulder is on. And Scully's like, oh, shit. 
I remember being here like I this is where they took me when I was abducted. This is where they did all the experiments on me. So she calls Mulder and she's like, look, there are no alien human hybrids. And we find out that the first elder has told her basically that unwitting test subjects, including herself, they were all secretly taken by Zama on these secret railway cars run by the United States military to conduct radiation testing because this is what Zama did during World War II when he used his other name. Um, he tested radiation and then, of course, the United States government swiped a bunch of scientists and supposedly Zama... Uh, back when he was uh, Takio Ishimaru, he died, quote-unquote, and the United States government apologized. In fact, we didn't even uh, talk about this. At the very beginning, instead of uh, the truth is out there, it says apology is policy. You know what? I totally missed that. Mm -hmm. Like. I remember seeing something from the beginning with like being like, that doesn't seem yep. right, but I didn't even think of it. it. Yeah, it's apology is policy, and it loops back around to this, where basically what the first elder has told Scully is that even though the U.S. government uh, apologized formally and disavowed the um, work that Zama slash... Ishimaru had been doing for the United States government, you know, subjecting people to radiation. They were like, obviously that's bad. We, we apologize and everything. And then that's bad. And good. <laughs> it's bad. And good. <laughs> but sorry, uh, radiation poisoning. That's bad. And radiation. Po <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, but basically he just kept doing it in secret. And that's what this whole secret railroad thing was about. This was what the alien abduction stuff was used about. Like people, the, the victims came up with the alien abduction thing and they basically didn't stop it. They let it go on. And she's like, Mulder, like this is what's really happening. There are no alien human hybrids. And oh, by the way, there is a bomb on that car. And it is going to go off because the patient on that car is one of the test subjects. And it wasn't just subjected to radiation. It was subjected to biological testing. And it has hemorrhagic fever. And if that car explodes, that is going to get into the air. And, and thousands cause a whole, yeah, a thousand people are going to die from that's spreading out and about. Yep, dying of the hemorrhagic fever, which is, you know, like Ebola or something like that. Horrible. And so Mulder, she's like, do you see uh, a thing in the ceiling? And Mulder's like, oh, yep, there it is. There's the bomb. And so this is the part where we were talking about earlier with the conductor. He calls the conductor back to the window and he's like, hey, um... Go tell the engineer that he needs to not stop at the next station. He needs to take us as far out away from civilization as you can possibly get and unhook this car and leave us because there's a bomb on it. 
And he's just like, oh, okay. He's like, a bomb? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just... <laughs> all right. I guess that's all right. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> it does. If someone told me there was a bomb, I'd be like, ah! yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, I think there's, I think there should be a whole side series of this conductor. Cause he's obviously seen some things. He's, this conductor's seen some shit in his <laughs> lifetime. If his reaction to there is a bomb is a bomb. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what has gone on in this man's life that this bomb doesn't make him run away screaming? But, like, it's also one of those things, like, before this, like, Scully's on the phone with Mulder about it and saying there's a bomb and blah, blah, blah. And Mulder, it's like, you need to, like, you need to let them take it at the, like, at the nearest port. Mm-hmm. Like, and Mulder does the, <laughs> Mulder does the whole, like, I can't hear you. We're what going through that? a tunnel. Sorry, but you're, sh- you're breaking, breaking up. up. Shit. <laughs> and <clears throat> basically his thought it. Yes, because she wanted to call like a bomb squad and stuff, and Mulder didn't want to do the bomb squad thing. He well, he also assumed he still didn't fully believe it because of right, later and he stuff also like... still didn't think he was getting the whole story from the red-haired man. Yeah, so he wanted to keep. So the car gets left out in the woods, basically like next to a mountain. And Mulder keeps talking to the med, the red-haired man, and finally the red-haired man is like, "Look, that thing back there, it is immune to biological warfare." And Zama wanted to sneak it out of the country. He wanted to take it to the Japanese, and Mulder's like, "Oh shit! Like if it's immune to biological warfare, and he gives it to the Japanese, like they're gonna make a whole." army of immune people and red haired man's like yeah so they would rather just blow this whole thing up and like it's not it's not so valuable that they would let it it's too valuable to let go to the japanese but not yeah they'd rather blow it up and so that's why we're here and uh Mulder is like uh and I guess then the red haired man is like, and I basically, I came to kill Zama and the, the patient, the project. Yeah. And but then like Mulder's all like, yeah, but didn't expect this. Like you probably had, there's probably a contingency plan. Like they wouldn't just let you die. Yeah. Like if this is a real bomb. And he's like, I, I still think it's an alien human hybrid. And I still think that they think it's too important to lose. So we're just going to sit here. <laughs> and, and if it goes, it goes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, but with, uh, I, I like his whole thing though. When he, uh, when he's like talking about it and he like, about it, like well, if we're going to go, I'm going to go first. Because I'm going to shoot you in the stomach, which I hear is the most painful place and the causes the slowest. Like he makes, yeah, a, he d- he does, does a whole bit out of he it. Does. Like, he's, he does. He's like, yeah, he's like, yeah. If we're both going to die, I'm going to die faster because I'm going to shoot you right in the gut, which is the slowest, most painful way to die. <laughs> yeah. Like, Holy shit. Uh, but then I guess Scully convinces Mulder because they think they're locked in the car. They think they can't get out. And Scully yeah. f- remembers the tape 
uh, Mulder's tape. And get his twenty nine ninety five. <laughs> she calls him and she's like, I, I think I can get you out. And he's like, how? She's like, I watched him enter the code on the, he's like, you mean I'm going to get my twenty nine ninety five worth after all? <laughs> Even when facing certain doom, he still cracks his shit. And you know what? It's a really, they, this episode, even though, you know, Mulder's not going to die. This episode does do a good job of building the tension of oh Mulder might actually blow up in this rail car yeah they do do a really good job of bringing it right down to the wire to the point where even once Mulder gets the door open he gets attacked by the red-haired man yeah he like beats the living shit out of him yeah the red-haired man like curb stomps Mulder right there in the train car into unconsciousness and tries to leave him there to explode, but he gets killed. And he get the red-haired man gets shot. And X enters the car and looks in at the alien-human hybrid, looks at the bomb, realizes there is not enough time to save the, the hybrid and Mulder, and he saves Mulder. And he carries Mulder unconscious away from the exploding train car. It would be cooler, though, if it was actually there. That's, <laughs> it's not cool when you walk away from a green screen explosion. I know, right? They used 45 gallons of gasoline and 120 black powder bombs to blow up that train car. Damn. Which they had got uh, really cheaply from a company called BC Rail because they were going to scrap it. It was bent. They couldn't use it anymore. So the production crew bought it and blew it up. And I guess, let's see, um, a bell from the train car was uh, thrown quite a distance away, and the special effects supervisor, he had it polished up, and he had something engraved on it, and he gave it to Rob Bowman. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. I would have been like, I would have laughed if it was like a similar thing from like the James Gunn shooting scene for... Uh... Suicide Squad, <laughs> where like they put a dummy in it, and, so, and like, the producer actually really thought... thought that they had killed someone by accident. Yeah. <laughs> can you imagine the horror? I mean, we can laugh at that dude, and I'm sure even he is laughing now. But in those few seconds where he thought they actually blew somebody up, he must have been the most horrified man on the planet. Yeah, I bet <laughs> he must have been just. Un out of, just out of his mind, like, already thinking, like, what am I going to do? Just a feeling I never want to have in my life of, oh, I accidentally blew somebody up. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, yeah, Mulder, he recovers from being curb stomped. And basically all information about the rail car is gone and scully comes in with the briefcase and Mulder's like this is not the briefcase and she's like it's the one that i got that they handed to me that they said that you gave them and he he opens it up and he's like nope this is definitely not these are not the same notes this is not the same journal and it ends on the journal being translated in a shadowy room while the smoking man watches. And that's the end of that episode. 
Couldn't even get the Native American guy back in there? No, because he is a Navajo code talker, not a Japanese translator. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They might have some other stuff up their sleeves. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Anyway, that is the end of 731. What would you think of that one? I liked it. Um, Like you said last week when we were talking about the Nisi, um, I gave that one, I think, an A, mm -hmm. if I remember. Uh, I really liked this, but at the same time, like, if you just take it as it is by itself, mm -hmm. uh, if I were to, like, just randomly pop in an episode, like, on random and this popped up, I'd probably be a little confused. Uh, yeah. And I think it works very... I wish it, it does work well as... I kind of wish it made, like, a one big episode out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I give it a slightly lower lower rating of, like, a, like a B+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, because just because of that, but overall, like story wise, like great for like the whole mythos of bringing the long, the end gate, the longer story forward, and kind of weirdly put a kibosh on it, but also knowing that there's going to be more coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I feel about the same. Um, <clears throat> I pretty much feel the same way about all of the mythology episodes now um i don't sit down and watch them on their own pretty much anymore unless i they're not good standalones in and of themselves a lot of the time right. and this is one of them it is the the second half of a two-parter um and it is open-ended again so it's hard for me but uh, on the other hand it is really good in like I said, it, it's really good at the. It, it it looks very good. Like I said, it got Rob Bowman the job of directing the movie. It's well directed. It's got some really good tension building in it. Like I mentioned earlier, like you really do. Even though you know, as the main character, Mulder's not going to blow up in a train car. They yeah. still have you thinking for a little bit. Oh shit, Mulder's going to blow up in a train car. So I think that's pretty well done. So I, I got to give this one a B plus as well. <clears throat> Sweet. Yeah, next week's episode has a brief cameo by somebody everybody will recognize. Uh, there's a hint for... Danny Trejo. No, but uh, a famous tough guy. Sweet. Yep, you're gonna, and he's playing a part that you will be surprised by. Rob Schneider. No, <laughs> nope, nope. The op. That is the opposite of a famous tough guy. Oh, okay. Uh, next week's episode is called Revelations, and uh, I uh, don't remember this one very well, which. May be a sign of its quality. what it's gonna be like. Oh, cool! I'm looking at the summary, and uh, it might be better that maybe I just haven't seen this one as many times for some reason, or maybe, like I said, I don't remember it very well. So I guess we're gonna be surprised together. <laughs> On Sweet. this one, because I'm looking at it and I'm like, I have vague memories of it, but not very many. So either I haven't seen it enough, or it didn't leave much of an impression on me. <laughs> so we can, like I said, we can be surprised together. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> That'll do it for this week. I will talk to y'all next time.
Later. The FBI's Most Unwanted is a production of Two Broke Geeks Entertainment and is part of the Atomic Geekdom Network. Find the flagship Two Broke Geeks podcast wherever you download podcasts or online at twobrokegeeks.com. You can find the Atomic Geekdom Network at atomicgeekdom.com. Our artwork is by Justin Kowalski. You can find him on Twitter at J underscore Rocka. Our theme music is by Tony Longworth. You can find him on Twitter at Tony Longworth or on Facebook, Tony Longworth, Dark Composer. You can help out the podcast by subscribing and leaving us a review. Thanks. Thanks.